On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, we catch up with Orlando Magic rookie R.J. Hampton. He takes us all the way back to his days when he first started playing basketball in Little Elm, Texas. Gives us some insight into his town and what kind of a high school player he was. And then he gets into the decision to reclassify and ultimately go overseas to pursue his NBA journey. Did not attend college, instead played in Australia uh, with the New Zealand Breakers of the NBL. Then ultimately coming to the NBA, what it was like on draft night, playing for the Denver Nuggets, playing alongside Nikola Jokic, his work with former Magic player Mike Miller as he was starting to prepare for the NBA draft. And then what it was like when he found out he was getting traded. He tells an unbelievable story uh, about how he got the news that he would be headed to the Orlando Magic. Then, of course, we get into his time here with the Magic and what this core looks like moving forward in the excitement that RJ has for his new opportunity. Lots to get to on this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Magic rookie RJ Hampton. And welcome everyone to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jeff Turner here with you. We're joined by Magic rookie R.J. Hampton, kind enough to take some time and, and join us here. And R.J., I guess my first question would be, do you possibly know who any of us are here on this call? We haven't. Um, I've definitely talked to you before, Dante. Yes, yes, we have. We've talked um, before. And then Dave- Mike, Mike Moe is my agent, so he's told me about Jeff. Yes, um, there you go. So, and if you watch and then the game. David, David Steele, I feel like I've heard that name before, though. I ain't going to lie. Yes. Oh, that's yes, good. You yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> David and Jeff call David and Jeff call the game. So every telecast yeah. would be yeah, so I knew, I knew I was yeah. And I, I do it with you. But we have but that's the point. We haven't had a chance to meet you. That's the crazy thing about this. Right. We haven't seen we haven't seen anybody on this team face to face since this whole thing started. Is it as this? Well, what a what a weird first year for you and a first NBA experience, right. right? Coming in during this COVID season, I would think. Yeah, it's definitely weird. Uh this season's been it's been undescribable uh, with COVID and then getting traded. I didn't even know you could get traded as a rookie. I was totally blind to that. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I didn't even know. But, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Well, take us back, and then we'll get into your story here a little bit. I think this will be very interesting for Magic fans to kind of get a little insight uh, into your story. But kind of take us through how the last month and a half has been for you. When you find out, like you said, you had no idea – uh, trade was going to happen or it was even on the horizon. You, you got to learn about Orlando. You got to try to find a place to live. Just what was that whirlwind like for you? Uh, it moved very fast. Um, uh, I think like from the time I got traded, uh, I was playing in a magic uniform like two days later, three days later. And then it was also in, I think we had a road trip in LA. So I didn't even get to go to Orlando first. Like I kind of just went like to Orlando for like a couple hours, flew to LA for a road trip and then got back to Orlando, had to get a bunch of stuff figured out. But uh, I've been moving very fast, but I think like I was kind of prepared for it. I had been through some other stuff like, you know, going overseas and moving across the world before. So or moving to Orlando wasn't that hard. You know, RJ, I would like to go back and uh, kind of get get your history, how you came to, to become an NBA player. I know your father was a good college player at SMU. You come from an athletic family. You grew up in Texas, but well, what's your first recollection uh, of, well, let's let's put it this way, of your dad as a basketball player, uh, the impa- impact he had on your career, and your first recollection of really playing serious brand of basketball? 
Yeah, I think, you know, my dad, he's had the biggest impact on my career. Uh, I can just remember when I was, you know, little, uh, him playing in pro-ams uh, in Dallas uh, and bringing me to the gym with him. Uh, and then he just put a ball in my hands from when I was young. And I think kind of like my first recollection of playing like real, like serious competitive basketball probably was like, you know, third, fourth grade when you go to like AU Nationals and, you know, Disney World was actually in Orlando. Uh, it was kind of like my <laughs> first really recollection of playing real basketball and structure and, you know, competing and wanting to win at a high level. Take us through Little Elm, Texas. I am very interested in, obviously that's where you graduated high school. I know yeah. you got a, You got a guy in the NFL, Cole Beasley, who's playing for the Buffalo Bills, went to your high yep. school. Give, give us a scene of what Little Elm, Texas is like. Uh, it's not much Little Elm. That's why they call it Little Elm. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Is there, is there a big up. Elm? <laughs> no, it's not a big Elm. It's just, it's just Little Elm. Uh, but, yeah, Little Elm's where I grew up. Um, all my friends – Family are there. Um, a very small town. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, I mean, just growing up there, having the family type structure with with everybody there was was a big thing for me. Um, and you know, definitely grateful for my community and you know how we've grown as a community since you know Cole Beasley was there, since I came there and grown together. And now we have more athletes coming up and you know coming out of Little Elm. So um, it's definitely a, a special place for me. You know, we're always hey, interested. Did you, did you, you got a lot of teammates that played football in high school and did you play? Yeah. Did you play? You did? No, I mean, I played football when I was younger, but not in high school. Okay. Uh, but like you said, yeah, uh, we used to start the season out. I want to say with like me and like six JV players because all of my starters for varsity were still in football season. Is that right? So like we would come out and we'd probably be like one in four the first five games of the season and then just run off like 20 straight. Nice, nice. So Friday night lights is a real thing in Little Elm, huh? Friday night lights. Oh, that's for sure. Deal. Whenever football games are going on, the town stops. That's great. So RJ, from what I've read and everything, there was a chance you might have been in Central Florida a little bit early. You had contemplated coming to Montverde, um, I guess, yeah. for what would have been your junior season. Um, take Sophomore. us through Sophomore. that. Sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after my freshman year, uh, I had done really good as a freshman uh, in Texas for Little Elm. Uh, and then Montverde came with me with the opportunity to play alongside uh, R.J. Barrett, who's with the Knicks now, uh, play alongside him and play a national schedule. And it, it really did appeal me um, for like a, for a minute, like for like kind of a long time uh, as I was, you know, ending my season at Little Elm my freshman year. Uh, but I think just over the course of the summer, uh, I visited Montverde, I think over the course of the summer, I had seen a lot of guys transfer into these big name schools from their hometown schools. And I, I kind of thought like I would never, I would never let myself live it down. If I left my town, you know, I was the only basketball kind of savior that he kind of had uh, in forever. And I would, I would never let myself live it down if I, you know, had left and, you know, did, went on to do these things. Um, and I always felt like I could get better um, playing against the competition that I had in Texas. So I was just like, you know what, let me stay and, you know, stay with Little Elm, stay with my coach and all my friends, on, and we'll just do this for another two years. I definitely want to get into the, uh, the New Zealand decision, the decision to go to Australia rather than college. But your college recruiting, um, uh, where, where did you come into contact with Mike Miller? How, how did that relationship start? And, and tell us about that relationship with Mike. Yeah, with Mike, um, Memphis was recruiting me. Uh, University of Memphis, he was just a coach there at the time. 
And I'd always be like known to Mike Miller. I'd known him from like his, I didn't really know him from his magic days, honestly. Like, I was just born, honestly. Um, but like knowing him from, you know, his Miami Heat days, knowing him from his Grizzly days, um, always known he was one of the, you know, the top shooters, you know, best shooters in the league when he was playing in the league. Um, but then it all started when he started recruiting me, went on a visit, you know, had a really great relationship with him, uh, kept in contact with him throughout, you know, my recruitment. Even when I was in New Zealand, he would always text me, check on me. Uh, we actually played the Grizzlies. My team, the Breakers, played the Grizzlies um, in our little preseason matchup. Uh, and Mike came to the game. I went to his house, you know, hung out with him. Uh, and then it was kind of time for me to, you know, start the pre-draft process. And I was already with an agent, but I kind of wanted to do something different after my year in New Zealand. Uh, and Mike was like, hey, I'm looking to start an agency. But, you know, I'm still in the college game. If you're willing to come we'll do this together. We'll start this off. You'll be my first client. And I had trusted Mike for two years. And the one knock on me was, you know, like I couldn't shoot. And I was like, Hey, like I have a chance to have an agent who knows the basketball, who knows the game, who's smart, has good relationships. And also is one of the best shooters to ever play. And we can work out all summer. I was like, this, that's a no brainer for me. Um, so that's one of the things I wanted to focus on was, you know, shooting a lot this summer or last summer. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's what we did all summer. And I feel like, you know, by the time year three, year four comes, you can really see where Mike, you know, Mike's work is going to pay off. So RJ then, so take us through, so you, you went on some college visits and everything, but you decide to go completely around the world and you end up in New Zealand. Now, yeah. first of all, first of all, I've traveled all over the world. I've never been to New Zealand. It's on my bucket list. Okay. Yeah. Big Lord of the Rings fan and everything. Yeah, okay. all yeah. film there. Is New Zealand, let's start with first. Is New Zealand, it's a nice place. A very nice place. Uh, my house was, the house that I stayed in was on the beach and across from the water that we were staying on, there was a volcano. It was inactive, but it was just crazy to see. Like, I've never wow. seen a volcano before. There was one off my balcony. So New Zealand's <laughs> a, a crazy place. So all That's the sailboats out on the water and everything. Yeah. So there's a lot of sailing there. And yeah, New Zealand's awesome. So Auckland's the place to be then. It's a, it's a good town for an 18-year-old guy just coming out of Little Elm, Texas. That all makes sense to you. Yeah, it, it didn't make sense. When, <laughs> it didn't make sense when I did it. Uh, that's it what I wondered. I did it <laughs> at all. I mean, I remember getting there and I was like, kind of like, yo, what is this coming from? Like, I'm, I come from, like, I come from Texas, like rural Texas. You know, one, two stoplights, one gas station. You know, and I'm going to beautiful water, volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was definitely something new. You know, what had to have been even more surreal, too, is now you have these games against LaMelo Ball, right, where those gyms are just absolutely packed, right? Everybody's yeah. you have NBA, NBA scouts in the gym. I mean, that had to right. be – that whole thing had to have been a surreal experience, too. Yeah, that was definitely surreal. Uh, like, like for my high school, though, like, we had, like, great, you know, great sellout games, you know, really sure. packed. But I think that was one of the first games I played where it was – I want to say, like, our arena held, like, 14,000. And it was probably 15,000 in there. Like, it yeah. was no seat at all. People were outside waiting. We had, like, him, me, had to have security guards with us because it was just insane. Like, the matchup was insane. The hype around it was insane. So, uh, it was definitely a fun matchup. But, yeah, it's probably one of the craziest games I ever played in. You know, I want to touch back on Mike Miller. The, the situation, He spoke so highly of you 
Uh, he said, this is a guy that's got it. He's going to make it in this league because he's not afraid to, he's not afraid to put in the work. He was first impressed that you would make the drive from Texas up to work out with him, right? All through that, that could not have been an easy drive. And then to put it, what, put in the, what are some of the things that he worked on with you? What are some of the things he told you and some of the things that, that you, what made you find it so beneficial? Uh, I just think that he had such a great knowledge for the game. Um, and he, and not like a knowledge, like most kids think like, okay, let me go in here and do like 19 ball handling drills, do step backs and a bunch of, bunch of crazy stuff. But I feel like the real value is like learning and talking and understanding the game before you even get on the court. And I think that's what was one of the most valuable things for me to sit down with him every single day and talk to him about his experiences and like some of the things that he went through. And now I'm seeing them in my first year, like he was telling me like this league is like, he was like telling me before I got in the NBA, this league's a grimy league. I knew that before I got in the NBA, I got traded. I know how things work. I know how business works now. Um, but that was beneficial for me. And then, like I said, my jump shot, uh, I think he always knew I had the athleticism, the speed, the finishing ability. But uh, he always told me once you can become a, a 36, 37% three-point shooter, uh, there's going to be hard, really hard for people to stop you. And that's one thing we worked on. And that's one thing I'm going to continue to work on. And I'm not going to, just because I'm in the NBA now and I've been playing pretty good lately, I'm not going to stop going with him. I'm going to drive to Memphis this summer yeah. as well. You know, uh, I'll do the same things. That's awesome. So the, the decision to play professional basketball instead of playing one year of college basketball, um, go uh, lead us through that that decision. And, and do you feel like uh, looking back at it, it was definitely the right thing to do? What are the pros and cons, if you could put it that way? Yeah, I think the, you know, the, the, the pros of it was definitely playing against grown men every day. Um, having to either sink or swim. There's nobody coddling you. There's nobody babying you uh, any type of way. Um, and that's kind of how it was for me in Denver. You know, I had to, to sink or swim. I mean, I wasn't playing at all. Um, and then I get thrown into fire with Nicole Jokic, you know, I, who I think is the MVP, and I have to perform yep. uh, at a high level. And I, I feel like I had learned how to do that, you know, my previous year playing pro. I feel like that's one of the, the pros. And I think the con is, you know, you don't, get the, you don't get the hype. You don't get the hype that college basketball brings. You're not on ABC every day or CBS. Um, and, you know, it, if you don't put up super flashy numbers, you can, it can hurt your draft stock. And I feel like that uh, is, you know, how mine was. I was on a really good team. Uh, I was playing with Corey Webster, who was the FIBA leading scorer. Scotty Hobson, who was in the G League, floated around the G League NBA. Seth Henry, Israeli MVP. I had like a lot of guys on my team that put the ball in the basket. So I knew going over, there's no way I'm getting 20 points a game. There's, I have professional guys that are 10, 12 years in getting 20 points a game. I have to learn how to do other things. And I think that's why I feel like I've been able to come into my own a little bit more this season um, at a, at a faster pace, you know, picking it up with the magic is because I've been through certain situations before. So there's definitely pros and cons, but I definitely feel like it was the right decision. You know, it's interesting, RJ. Um, I've heard Luka Doncic say that, um, you know, playing in the Spanish league as a, as a teenager, it was a lot more physical uh, than the NBA is. There was, you know, they were, uh, really let you bang and everything. What was the style of play um, in the NBL? Uh, was it similar? Was it very physical league? Um, you know, what, what would you rate it as a level, as a college-type environment? Uh, how did that all play out? Oh, yeah. No, I think it was it was definitely more physical than college. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that are in college, um, but, you know, it's definitely more physical than college. Uh, 
I remember like my first game in the NBA, we played the Sydney Kings and Andrew Bogan was their starting center. And I probably got hit by him 30 times that game. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm coming back to the locker room. Like, yo, this is, this is insane. Is this what it's going to be like? But no, I think it's definitely more physical than college. I don't think it's more physical than the NBA uh, at all. No, I don't think it's more physical than the NBA. Did that volcano ever come close to getting active? Did you ever have any scares with that thing? No, that <laughs> volcano didn't. But there was a volcano in New Zealand last yeah, When I was there, it was in a different part of New Zealand that actually was inactive for so long and came active. And then I Whoa. think it might have injured like 10 or 12 people. I think a couple of might have died. It was crazy. It was insane. Wow. Well, that had to scare you looking at the other one all day. Yeah, I was, but I think the other one, the one I was with, it was like a thousand years ain't been, ain't been active or something like that. <laughs> Nothing happened. Well, well, then, then you got all the hobbits running around and wizards and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> hobbits, wizards, everything. <laughs> There's a lot happening there. Hey, explain Bilbo, to Bilbo Baggins living next door to you. <laughs> That's right. Explain to us uh, the, the reclassification, RJ. I, I think what you were you had just finished your junior year, but you were able to reclassify. How, how explain that? How were you able to do that, and then ultimately go to New Zealand after that, finishing high school? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was a junior in high school, and um, my coach he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, my head coach in my high school diagnosed with cancer, and he was like, "This is my last year. Like, I don't even think I can really do this anymore." And then like they didn't even like he didn't even end up quitting. They kind of just like kind of like we can't let you coach anymore. Honestly, yeah, like right, for our right. you know our benefit, we can't even let you coach anymore. And I was like, "Yeah, there's no way I'm playing for any other coach but my coach." Um, all my friends were really seniors already. Like I hung out with like all my friends were class 2019. All my teammates that were starting with me were all class of 2019. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to any other school, put on another jersey. Um, I might as well, you know, start trying to get credits for, you know, class 2019. So me and my mom talked about it a lot. And I think probably about like after like my last game at Little Elm, I was like in I was like in 2019 classes, uh, finishing up, trying to graduate. So I ended up graduating. I want to say like two weeks before and finishing my wow. schoolwork like two weeks before I had to leave for New Zealand. And then I actually got to walk the stage last may so like kind of around this time uh but it was definitely hard like it's not easy i had to do a whole year's of work in four months yeah that's tough i could barely do that year's work worth of work when i was when i was a junior you know rj i'm so sorry to hear about your coach how, how difficult was that whole thing for you i mean for a young kid to have to see that i mean yeah. unfortunately that that horrible disease has hit everybody and to, to see it firsthand at such a young age that could not have been easy yeah, no, I think, yeah, that was probably one of the most, probably one of the most difficult times in my life that I've experienced. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of, it's weird. My mom always tells me, she's like, I've never met anyone so young, have a lot of people in their life die. I've had a lot of people in my life that are like my age pass away. Uh, it's, I don't know why, I don't know, maybe I'm the problem, I don't know. But at the end of the day, though, uh, my coach is one of my best friends. Uh, that was my mentor. That was one of the people that I looked up to the most. I mean, I always told myself I knew the day would come. You know, you always can imagine. And he would tell me the day would come, and I just never wanted to believe him. But the last time I talked to him um, was on my draft day. And I told my mom before the draft, I said, you know, it's COVID. Um, I don't know how many people can be at the draft, but I know for one thing, Coach Segler has to be there. She's like, okay, okay. So he was planning to come down, and then all of a sudden got really sick and had to go in the hospital. And – I think I woke up maybe on my draft day at like 5 a.m. I went outside. I built a court at my house, went outside, went to go shoot. 
Let's go get a workout in. Got back up and I called my coach. It was like 7, 8 a.m. I was like, hey, coach, talking to him. And just like, I know you can't make it. You know, it's one of the biggest days of my life. I just wanted to make sure you heard my voice on this day. Um, And then I talked to him then. And then I was texting him. I texted him like Merry Christmas and stuff. And then his wife was texting back. And then it's the last time I really talked to him because he was so sick. He was just like, he couldn't even, you know, couldn't even do it. But that was my guy though. So, you know, I'm very close with his wife, his kids, you know, his grandkids. So it's definitely good that I had a chance, I had a chance to even, you know, spend that time with him. Man, that's powerful. It really is. You know, you think about Jeff, Jeff was a high school coach uh, here in central Florida. His team won a, won a championship here in okay. central Florida. And you think yeah. about those kids. Yeah. You think about those yeah. kids and I, I did not have a great relationship with my coach. It's, it's amazing. The impact that some, and it was just, you know, it, it could have been yeah. anything, but the, the impact that coaches have on these kids, it's astounding. It really is. I, I yeah, definitely must've felt that too. Right. Yeah. It's always, uh, you know, I still, I still have a good relationship with a lot of the guys that I've coached and, um, you know, I was I was actually texting with one last night uh, last night before the game. Uh, one of my uh, players is a, is an NBA official, RJ. I mean, you probably haven't run across him, but you will somewhere along the way. So, <laughs> right. um, it's uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna get my a lot, card of, here for a my lot phone. of pride. My yeah, yeah, no problem, no yeah. problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go grab that. Yep, yep. Okay. You know, David, you mentioned RJ's dad, right? Played basketball at SMU. RJ's dad has been coming to these games. He's at most of the games. I've seen him. This man, RJ, has a relationship with everybody in the building. He talks to the ushers. He talks to the fans. And then, and I, I keep one time we had Bo Outlaw doing a game. And he goes, Bo, you remember me? He goes, I used to follow you down in the low block. And Bo was blown away. Bo played at Houston. And RJ at SMU, you know, your, your dad used to, used to guard him. Uh, when he yeah. played college ball, it is a, he's a pretty big personality. Seems to be already. very big, very big. <laughs> nah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that my mom, me and my mom always talk about. Like, we'll just be like in the grocery store and like, we'll be like, where's my dad? He's talking to somebody. Like he, he can talk to anybody, like anybody doesn't matter. Race. Well, he had, he introduced, matter. Uh, introduced himself to Jeff and me the other night. So we yep. met your dad now. So it's a, uh, that's, that's a good awesome. thing. He's, he's, oh, yeah, he's, nah, an, he's, he's a good man. He's a he good talks man. to anybody. He's very friendly, and he just he just excited, honestly. Now, RJ, did any of your family go with you when you went overseas? My brother, my mom, and my dad. They, we all came. Oh, oh you all okay? Yeah. So that's good. You had a nice support uh, support yeah. system over there. It was mainly like I had told my parents I was like, you know, like I mean, I would go by myself. I don't really <laughs> want to go by myself. <laughs> but right, right. my brother, he was my brother was young. Uh, my brother just turned 13 a couple of days ago. So at that time, he was like, he was maybe like 10 or 11. No, he was like 11 uh, when I went over there. And uh, he was like, I'll just do a year of homeschool. Because, um, you know, he's like, I'll do your homeschool workout. And then once he came back when COVID hit. But I, I like that's one person I can't like go anywhere without. So that's why my parents, they're going to they're going to probably like end up buying a place in Florida so my brother can go to school here because he's a big basketball person. Um, and that was actually my dad calling me just now. <laughs> uh, he's a big <laughs> basketball person. My brother, uh, he plays. So he just, he enjoys coming to the games too. And he can't wait till like COVID's over so he can meet my teammates and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're all in awesome. that situation for sure. Hey, uh, <laughs> you mentioned that you didn't play a lot in Denver when you were traded to Orlando on March 25th. What, what was your first reaction? Um, it was really weird. Um, 
me and Gary, well, all of our teammates, we were on the bus and we were we were on the bus going to New Orleans. Uh, we had played, we were in Tampa. We had just played the, the Raptors. Um, and then we were on the bus about to go to New Orleans the next morning. So we're on the bus. We get to the bus and we everyone knows it's the, you know, the trade deadline. Like last four hours, people are about to start getting traded. So it's me, Jamal, Nicola, Gary, Monte, Will, and we're all looking. We're like, okay, so we know Nicola's not getting traded. We know Jamal's not getting traded. <laughs> so right. we're all on the board. <laughs> and we get, we get to the um, we get to the hangar, and the bus just stops, and it stopped for like forty five minutes. So we're all in the back. We're like, oh yeah, they're making a deal right now. Somebody's about to get off this bus. Wow. And uh, Tim Connolly and uh, uh, Tim Connolly came back, and he was like, hey. Gary, RJ, we just traded you to the Orlando Magic. And I was like, I wasn't in shock, but I was like, I I was I was kind of blown away. I was like, not like, wow, how could they do this to me? Like, not that type of shock. Just like, oh, I'm about to go to a different city and play with a new team already. Um, so did that. And then um Jeff and John, they both called me and they were like, Hey, we're super excited to have you, you know, in Orlando, all this kind of stuff. Be ready to play immediately. And my reaction was like, I haven't played in like 30 <laughs> games. Like be ready to play immediately. Like I had I had played and then I had caught COVID. So I was out for three weeks and then I had got back and then didn't play for like five games. So I hadn't played basketball in like a month and a half. And he's like, be ready to play immediately. And I'm like, okay, let me look at the schedule. We got the Lakers the first game. I'm like, okay, yeah. I gotta be ready to play immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. That's great. That's a, that's a crazy story. I tell you what, and that's, it has to be a little bit surreal, but we found out afterwards that kind of the hang up on that deal, RJ is Denver didn't want to lose you. Denver did not, they did not want, they held out yeah. as long as possible. Uh, does that, does that one, does it make you at least feel good that Denver tried to keep you out of that? And number two, this organization wanted you that much that they were willing to do what it had to, what it had to, to bring you here. Um, yeah, it definitely makes me feel good. Uh, you know, I definitely feel like, you know, through my draft process, through my time in Denver, I definitely put the work in, you know, uh, I was always the first one in the gym with Denver, last one to leave. So they could, they could tell my work ethic and the player that I wanted to become, you know, with their organization um, and, you know, kind of hints to why they didn't want to lose me. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like, you know, the league talks, everyone talks in the league and, you know, the word gets around and, uh, to have the magic have so much interest in me just is kind of a credit to how I how I work and how I you know do things not even just on the court but off the court as well. Uh, so that was one of the big things for me and you know coming to the magic I was like you know it's the opportunity for me to not only showcase my skills but showcase you know what I can do for other people on the court uh, and you know that's that's my biggest challenge right now I think is you know grooming myself into the player I'm going to become for the Orlando Magic and thanking the Denver Nuggets for putting me in this situation. Great point. RJ, it's interesting that um, the coaching staff has used you just in your time with the Magic in different spots. I know Coach Clifford wanted to kind of, you know, keep you in that off guard a little bit, let you play a little bit of wing before he put the ball in your hands. But because of injuries and things, you've had to now become a little bit more of a playmaker. Is that something that um, – that you see yourself doing you've done in the past a little bit being a little bit more of a playmaker yeah I think that's that's something that I have always had like a love for if that makes sense playmaking ability uh 
I think like I've just never just like been like I just want to score the ball. I just want to score the ball. Um, when I was in high school, you know, I, I had to score the ball. But other times, like I, I love passing the ball. I love making plays for my teammates. I love making a driving kick and it's a swing, swing. You know, I I, I feel like I did something on that play. So um, it was definitely challenging at first, though, when I got to Orlando, trying to be that playmaker like right away when I had it did it in a really long time. But now that I've gotten a little comfortable with it, I, I think it's just like it's just always what I've done. I love passing the ball. That's one of my biggest strengths is passing the ball, making reads. So um, that's what I'm going to continue to do because I feel like when you pass the ball, you move the defense, it's going to come back. It's going to come back to you. You know, if you want to score that bad pass the ball, it's going to come back to you. So playmaking ability is one of my biggest strengths. If not, I think if, I think it might be my biggest strength. Um, so I, I'm very excited with the guys that we have and being able to make plays for them. What are your uh, thoughts on your current teammate lineup with Orlando? You, you know, the, the mix, the, uh, the way it works in the locker room, the way the, the young guys are, you know, all kind of to, to fight for, for their own turf right now and, and move forward as a group. But give, give us your thoughts on this roster right now and how you feel about that. I think this roster is great. I think we have a lot of young talent, uh, including, you know, J.I. and Markel uh, as well. I think we have a lot of young talent that can do something for a lot of like a lot of years. Uh, you know, you have Cole, you have J.I., Markel, but then you also and Chuma, uh, young guys that really have a knowledge for the game, really want to learn uh, and, and, and get back to that, you know, Orlando Magic team that's in the Eastern Conference Finals and the finals. People have a, a certain drive on this team. And that's something that I feel like I bring, um, you know, I, you know, you always hear about people saying, yo, we want the Magic to tank. I go out every game to, to, to win the game every single time. Um, and one of my biggest inspirations, biggest mentors that I've been with since I've been in the league is Gary Harris. You know, that was my guy in Denver, uh, and he's all about winning. You know, Gary, you'll never hear Gary, I want to score, I want to do this. He, I want to win. If I have two points, if I have 35 points, I want to win. And that's the mentality that me and him are trying to bring this this team um, that trying to bring to this team so that we can get to where, you know, the, the nuggets were, uh, the nuggets are, you know, Gary was on a nuggets team where they were, didn't make the playoffs. And then he was on nuggets team where they were in the Western conference finals as well. So it takes time, but I definitely think that with the young talent that we have, we can do something special. It's just all about mindset. I'm so glad you brought that up RJ. And I'm so glad that our PR guy is not on this call because I have to ask you this question because the, t the whole tanking thing drives me nuts. And, and I, it, it, it is a foreign concept that a fan would watch a game rooting for their team to lose, right? That's that, that is a whole yeah. foreign concept. You, you have been vocal about that. You've answered all of those questions and you've been very upfront about that from the get-go. Just, it has to be beyond surreal for you to even comprehend that that could be a, a possible option or outcome for a fan when they're watching a game, hoping that their team could lose. Yeah, I've never really seen anything like it. You know, you hear of it when you're not in the league. You know, when I was in high school and stuff, I'm hearing of, you know, the worst teams in the NBA or in the NFL. Like, oh, yeah, we want this draft. We want this draft pick. But what if that draft pick doesn't work out? Then you have to, you have to go with the people that you had. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's right, like right. I go out every game to, to, to win the game. You know, I'm not going out every game so we can get the number one pick, we can get the fifth pick because at the end of the day, I have to – do what I need to do for my family, for this organization, sure. for <laughs> myself to get where I want to go. Uh, and I'm not going to go out and lose a game or not even try to lose a game, but I'm not going to go out and 
try to fulfill people's expectations of, you know, trying to lose basketball games. That doesn't even make any sense. I love that. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah, we all agree with that. You you know, you might uh, <laughs> might not, not win that lottery, but you might wind up with the 24th pick and get an R.J. Hampton, right? Yeah. There you go. Honestly. That's, that's exactly right. Draft, uh, yeah, exactly. You make the best pick uh, wherever you draft. I, I think it's amazing. We all think you've done a, a remarkable job in your time here anyway. And then when you laid out, you had COVID, you hadn't played for a while, you hadn't sat out how many games, and then you're expected to play right away. What has impressed you most about, especially these last five or six games, what you've done, and what do you think you have to improve on going into next year? I think what's impressed me the most, honestly, was probably like my mental strength, like my mental strength. Like I hadn't played 30 minutes since 2019. Like I had oh. not played the 30-minute basketball game since 2019, ever. Okay. Like I, I didn't play it at all. I think that's the, the main thing that impressed me the most was how I was able to keep myself in shape physically and mentally to come out and kind of relearn how to do all this again at the, at the highest level as well. Um, and kind of pick it up at a fast pace. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm very excited for with my off season this summer. I think the things that I have to work on, you know, getting stronger, uh, I want to improve my shooting, you know, off the dribble. Uh, and I want to, I want to be that defender. I want to be that person that is asked to guard the best guys on the team. You know, I take the challenge, you know, whenever I am guarding anybody, but at the same time, you know, I want to be a defender that, you know, offensive, you know, elite players don't want to see. So definitely working on those three things this summer and, you know, come back with a mindset of, you know, trying to win basketball games. I love that. I think you've made a ton of fans. You know, you see the chatter. You've made a ton of fans here in Central Florida. We're all big fans of yours, especially David and Jeff during the telecast. And and I think we, we see the signs, RJ. You see it already at a young age how far you've come, and, and we get awfully excited about what the future holds for you and for this Magic team moving forward. So thank, best, of luck rest, best of luck the rest of the way. We appreciate you taking time, and, and good luck these last three games. Yes, sir. Three dubs. Thank you, RJ. Appreciate you. I Thanks, like RJ. It. I like it. Thank you. All right, this, this podcast brought to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. That was a visit with RJ Hampton. We'll see you next time.